It's the Noon Report from Family Life, bringing a Christian worldview to what's happening in New York, Pennsylvania, across the country, and around the world. Weather with Kevin Williams, plus special features and reports with the Family Life News team. Now, here's what's happening. Nudging 90. Good afternoon. Welcome to the broadcast. Yeah, our Indian summer will continue for a couple more days with record highs in the forecast today. Meteorologist Todd Santos with WIVB in Buffalo. It's how warm do I go? This is going to be the warmest we've seen. And it's not out of the question to see somebody from basically the Genesee Valley and then extending uh, down toward around Dansville to actually get to 90 degrees. So that's what we're talking about in October. Enjoy it while it lasts, folks, because this ride is coming to an end. Today will be the warmest day we will see probably for the rest of the year. A cold front late this week will drop our temperatures like a rock through the 60s and into the 50s by Sunday. The post-Kevin McCarthy era has begun on Capitol Hill, and the man who orchestrated his ouster is Florida Congressman Matt Gaetz. It's the best- benefit of this country that we have a better Speaker of the House than Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy couldn't keep his word. Yesterday's vote marks the first time in American history that a House Speaker has been ousted from power. Political pundit Greg Gutfeld says of the GOP. They shot themselves in the foot and by foot I mean head. We're talking about this instead of the border, instead of crime, instead of inflation. Stephen Miller, president of America First Legal, says Republicans need to take a page out of the Democrats' playbook. If you want to beat the left, if you want to dominate the left, if you want to save the country from the left, you have to learn from them. They operate as a unit. They operate as a team. They find their strength in unity as a block, as a single block. Kevin McCarthy served just 10 months as leader of the Republican Party. Correspondent John Dickerson tells us what's next. The House will now need to elect a new speaker, but there is no clear replacement ready to step in. Until they do, the House will not be able to address any major legislative issues. That includes passing a bill to fund the government. Temporary funding runs out after November 17th. A vote to seat a new speaker is expected one week from today. With yesterday's vote, Kevin McCarthy becomes the shortest-serving House Speaker since 1875. All five people who were shot at Morgan State University in Baltimore last night are expected to survive. Four of the five are students at that school, Maryland's largest black school. This man witnessed the melee. The bullets hit the glass behind my head. We all tried to just get out the way. Everybody tried to get up and lay down, run, whatever you could. The shooting happened during homecoming ceremonies. The suspect or suspects still at large. The largest strike ever in the healthcare industry is underway in a half dozen states. 75,000 employees at Kaiser Permanente walked off the job this morning. It's almost like having your oxygen turned all the way down and you're gasping for air and you're in a space right now where you're saying, help us and you're walking away. That's how I feel. That's Union President Patricia Johnson Gibson. She accuses Kaiser Permanente of not bargaining in good faith. It's always been about the patients, and we've asked Kaiser, please don't make us do this. We don't we, we don't want to go out on strike. The three-day work stoppage will impact health care in California, Colorado, Oregon, Maryland, Virginia, Washington, and Washington, D.C. A New York trial judge has ordered Donald Trump to stop talking about the judge's staff. The gag order was issued as Trump said, civil fraud case continues in Manhattan. Today, it's day three of that trial. Legal analyst Laura Jarrett. Mr. Trump posted a photo of the judge's law clerk posing with 
top Senate Democrat Chuck Schumer. The judge ordering the post on Truth Social removed. The ex-president is accused of overstating his assets. Trump claims the banks involved all got paid, so there's no case here. He calls their proceeding a form of election interference because it's keeping him in a courtroom and off of the campaign trail. The White House says it's getting tough on communist China for its role in America's drug overdose epidemic. The Biden administration is going after eight Chinese companies and executives that it says are importing chemicals used to make the deadly drug fentanyl. Officials say the companies advertised, manufactured, and distributed chemicals to make synthetic opioids like fentanyl, contributing to the deadliest overdose crisis in American history. Correspondent Christopher Cruz, Pope Francis has opened up a major meeting at the Vatican on the future of the Catholic Church. Catholic bishops, nuns, and lay people from around the world are gathering in Rome for a meeting that will tackle some of the most sensitive topics the church is facing. In a radical change, women and lay people will vote on specific proposals alongside bishops. Previously, only men could vote. Jennifer Kuyper in Rome. Don't be alarmed when your cell phone dings today. The nationwide emergency alert system will be tested out on your cellular device at 2.20 this afternoon Eastern Standard Time. Alerts will also be heard on radio and television. The test of the emergency alert system expected to last about a minute and no you cannot opt out still to come on the noon report for wednesday pot expansion in new york move over or get pulled over and finding charlotte lessons learned from that happy ending in saratoga county good afternoon i'm kevin williams yet another late summer like day underway big changes though are on the way the details in 10. All right, Kevin, we will see you then. Let's check the stories making news where you live across New York and Pennsylvania. Today's a big day for the marijuana marketplace in New York. Starting today, more New Yorkers can apply for cannabis licenses. Up until now, only those with a pot conviction could sell the drug in the Empire State. Recreational marijuana was decriminalized in New York a couple of years ago. Pro-family forces fear pot proliferation will lead to more drug addiction and endanger overall public safety. The suspect accused in the kidnapping of nine-year-old Charlotte Senna of Saratoga County, New York, will be back in court later this month. A police SWAT team found the young girl unharmed in this guy's camper. Lieutenant Colonel Richard Mazzone with the New York State Police says the lesson in this story is... You can never be too careful with your kids. You know, pay attention to where they're at, what they're doing. For her to ride her bike around that loop would take her about four minutes, five minutes. You'd think they're safe doing that at nine years old, but you just got to be cognizant and be paying attention to things around you, your surroundings all the time. Police say the suspect, 47-year-old Craig Ross Jr., left a ransom note in the victim's mailbox 13 miles from where this crime occurred. Authorities were able to lift a fingerprint off that ransom note. That's what ultimately led them to the accused kidnapper. That fingerprint was made possible from a DWI arrest some 25 years ago. How about that. A battle's brewing between the Steuben County, New York Sheriff and the Steuben County, New York Legislature. The Sheriff, Jim Allard, accuses the Legislature of stripping him of legal protections when it comes to lawsuits. Not only has it never been done before in any other county, 
but I don't believe it's ever even been attempted before in any other county. The sheriff is seeking to invalidate a couple of resolutions that were passed by the legislature, which he claims are meant to attack him. The chairman of the county legislature calls the sheriff's claims, quote, absurd. Scandals forced a top aide to Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro out of office. Now some in Harrisburg want answers. I found this situation very disturbing and infuriating. Senate President Kim Ward says the situation is a sexual harassment accusation against Shapiro's former legislative affairs director, Mike Vareb. They protected him. He stayed in his very powerful position, and the victim was left to fend for herself. That is just wrong. Vareb stepped down last week after pressure from the media. The harassment accusations, though, first surfaced all the way back in January. I think if the press, if the information hadn't been leaked to the press, that he would still be there, that he would still be in that position where he could continue to do that. Republican Representative Abby Major says crude comments is a form of sexual harassment. Listen, we're not trying to get rid of men who maybe make an offhand comment that's taken the wrong way. Like, they don't deserve to be immediately fired, maybe investigated to make sure it's not a pattern of behavior. But if there's a pattern of inappropriate behavior with many women over many years, like that, we just can't put up with it anymore. The governor is not taking any questions about the resignation of Mike Vera. Many speculate a non-disclosure agreement was signed to keep this case under wraps. A Springville, New York man who was working as an emergency room nurse at Oshai Children's Hospital, that guy has just been arrested on child porn charges. The 46-year-old facing 5 to 20 years behind bars. Pennsylvania politicians are pushing for a new law that would give local cities and municipalities the power to crack down on dirt bikes and ATVs. Democrat Patty Kim. They are loud. They are dangerous. They're disruptive and they're scary. It is a gang of ATVs and dirt bikes barreling through our city streets. Harrisburg Police Sergeant Brandon Brockler. They're going over the speed limit. They're not stopping at red lights. They're going, going over pedestrian crosswalks. It's almost like a game of whack-a-mole. A bill recently approved in the State House would let cities create their own rules when it comes to street bikes. New York Governor Kathy Hochul signed more move-over legislation. It expands the move-over law, which used to just to apply to emergency vehicles, garbage trucks on the side of the road. But now the expansion will include any disabled vehicle on the roadside. So that means you're driving down the thruway, you see a disabled motorist, you slow down, and if it's safe, you move over. AAA's Elizabeth Carey. Unfortunately, what we're seeing is motorists being struck and sometimes injured or even killed on the roadside when they're just trying to figure out what's going on with their vehicle, if they had a breakdown or a flat tire. The new move-over law takes effect in six months. We're learning more today about that fiery bus crash in Webster, New York last week from the woman who was behind the wheel. The crash would have been a lot worse had it not been for the heroic actions of Wayne Central School Bus driver Deb Hibbert. It's just been, it's been a whirlwind week. When push came to shove, we, we all did what we had practiced and, and got out of there. Hibbert and two chaperones helped get 22 students to safety just moments before the bus became fully engulfed in flames. Since the accident, Hibbert has been showered with accolades from her community. I can't even begin to explain how much that has helped, at least for me. Um, I have several, several bouquets of flowers. I've got cards from the kids that ride my bus, food from local businesses. It's just... 
It's been outstanding. It really has. It makes me proud to live where I live. Hibbert is also a coach and a ref in the Rochester region. She tells Wham News she can't wait to get back to school once she fully recovers from that accident. Experts warn that burdensome rules make it tough to find workers to help drug addicts in Pennsylvania. That story from Family Life's Terry Diener. Senator Michelle Brooks testified during the Senate Health and Human Services Committee hearing on Wednesday and said the sheer volume of drugs drives the overdose crisis and called on the federal government to do more. The labor shortage is so severe that the Department of Drug and Alcohol Programs has paid off $19 million in student loan debt on behalf of their workers, and leaders plan to expand the program. Department officials say finding workers is a major problem. Terry Diener, Family Life News. Health officials in Erie County, Pennsylvania, as well as Chautauqua County, New York, are sounding the alarm over a recent spike in drug overdoses. Experts are noticing an increase in the trafficking of fentanyl mixed with a horse tranquilizer known as the, on the street as Trank. Erie County, New York Health Commissioner Dr. Gail Burstein has noted an unusual number of child deaths the past month caused by respiratory infections in and around Buffalo. This is unusual number for childhood deaths related to respiratory illness. These are absolutely tragic and heartbreaking. Erie County has seen at least six deaths in the span of four weeks from the end of August to the end of September among children ages three and younger. Each one of those deaths was caused by respiratory distress. House and Senate leaders in Pennsylvania cannot agree on a date for next year's presidential primary. The GOP-controlled Senate voted to move it to March. The Democrat-led House wants it in early April. Right now, it's in the middle of April. Advocates say moving up the primary would give Pennsylvania voters more of a say in presidential politics. Let's talk sports next, a midweek edition on the Family Life Noon Report. Good afternoon, I'm Randy Snavely. Bob, the Philadelphia Phillies have grabbed a 1-0 lead in their wildcard series against Miami. Zach Wheeler struck out eight and allowed only one run over six and two-thirds innings as the Phils beat the Marlins 4-1. Nick Castellanos went two for four and doubled in a run in the victory. The Phils can wrap up the best of three series with a win tonight. The 18-game postseason losing streak is over for the Minnesota Twins and they have Royce Lewis to thank for it. His first postseason at-bat, a two-run home run. His second postseason at-bat, a solo shot. The Twins didn't need any more runs than that. Pablo Lopez got the win going five and two-thirds innings and giving up just one run. Three to one the final over the Blue Jays. Evan Longoria told his young teammates before game one against Milwaukee that, quote, a lot of these games are going to come down to one or two big moments. We have to be ready and be prepared for those, end of quote. And then he went out and showed he was ready. With the bases loaded and only one out, Milwaukee's Tyrone Taylor hit a line drive that seemed ticketed for left field. But Longoria made a lunging grab of the ball and then doubled up Willie Aldamas at second base. That preserved the D-backs 4-3 lead and they went on to win it 6-3. The Texas Rangers are looking brilliant for trading with the St. Louis Cardinals back in August. Texas acquired lefty Jordan Montgomery. 
and he only threw seven shutout innings against a high-powered Tampa Bay offense. The Rangers shut out the Rays for nothing. All eight teams are back at it again today. That is a look at sports. All right, love postseason baseball. Thank you, Randy. And still to come on the Noon Report, the post-McCarthy era, how to cope with sketchy theology and testing the emergency alert system. We all get in on that action today. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. For the last few weeks, all eyes, at least all evangelical eyes it seems, have been locked on Atlanta when North Point Community Church announced the Unconditional Conference, which was held this past weekend. Many noted that two of the speakers were men that were married to other men, and many of the rest of the speakers were on record as affirming same-sex relationships, as recognizing LGBTQ+, as legitimate categories of human identity, and as describing their work as hoping to convert other Christians to their ideas about sex identity and marriage. So would this conference mark Andy Stanley's departure from historic Christian teaching on human sexuality? On Sunday, Stanley maintained that the conference successfully met its stated goal without implying any kind of moral theological shift. This is possible, according to Stanley, because of something he not only said about the conference, but also about the overall work of the church. Introducing in another context the work of two unconditional conference speakers, Greg and Lynn McDonald, founders of Embracing the Journey, Stanley stated this, quote, This is the reality for those of us in ministry. We're dealing with real people and real relationships. It's not political for me. It's relational because we are in ministry and because we've learned to distinguish between theology and ministry, we can figure this out, end quote. And this, I think, is Stanley's primary and most problematic contention, that pastoral ministry and care can be and really must be unhitched from theology. With that presumption, Stanley's continued to insist that North Point remains committed to biblical teaching about sex as only for marriage and about marriage as only for a man and a woman. And yet at the same time, though he's never publicly or officially come out as affirming of homosexuality, he consistently describes it as something that simply is, something that's a part of people's lives, not something that we should ever expect God to change or for even behavior to change. In fact, he's praised the faith of people who, though they've embraced one of these alternative lifestyles, still wish to be connected to the church, even if they don't stop their lifestyles. That includes the married men who presented at the Unconditional Conference. Neither scripture nor the teaching of the church throughout millennia of Christian theology is nearly as ambiguous about such matters. Now, the Bible's clear about God's design and his intentions for his image bearers, male and female, the marital union, sexual desires, and relational and sexual sins. And yet this conference, as if biblical teaching were not clear, claimed to offer a quieter middle in a world which demands that we choose sides. And on Sunday, Stanley claimed that this matched the ministry of Jesus, who drew circles instead of drawing lines. In other words, drawing people in rather than keeping them out. Now, of course, Jesus' pastoral practice and care was unparalleled. He often surprised people by drawing them in to himself. In other words, often he drew circles, but he also drew lines. For example, after drawing in the woman caught in adultery, Jesus sent her off with a clear line. When questioned about divorce, Jesus pointed to the clear lines that were drawn in creation of male and female and permanence. And of course, Paul drew lines too, especially on issues of sexual morality for the church at Corinth. Unhitching our doctrine from our pastoral care makes sense only if the goal of the church is to simply help people live better lives. But reducing the church and its mission down this way only elevates the self and the false ideas of our culture. 
Ministry, once unhitched from doctrine, will devolve into idolatry, kind of like the golden calf that was worshipped during the time of the Exodus. It is very possible to claim God's name while losing all moral direction. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street for Breakpoint. All right, John, thank you very much. Let's take it outside next. Meteorologist Kevin Williams. Here is your family life weather forecast for this afternoon. Golden sunshine and warm. Upper 70s to mid 80s. Record highs for some. Mainly clear and mild tonight. Low temps mid 50s to mid 60s. Partly sunny. Continued warm tomorrow. Highs in the mid 70s to mid 80s. Starting up Friday with showers arriving later in the day with rumbles of thunder. Highs in the mid 60s to mid 70s and chillier, much chillier with rain Friday night and Saturday. All right, Kevin Williams, thank you very much. This is the Noon Report. I'm your host, Bob Price. Here's what's going on this Wednesday, the fourth day of October. 10-4 on your calendar. And everything's A-OK when it comes to the weather, too. As Kevin mentioned, we're about 30 degrees. 30 degrees above normal today. Some places nudging 90 this afternoon. Uh, Record highs will fall, but the cold, as Kevin also said, that's coming too. Later this week, on into next week, daytime highs will be hard-pressed to break out of the 50s by Sunday. A house divided. That's the other big story today. Chaos continues on Capitol Hill. For the first time in U.S. history, a House speaker has been ousted from power. Reporter Garrett Hay. It really was a stunning and historic moment here on Capitol Hill. Never before in the history of the Republic have we seen a speaker voted out of his job on the House floor. California's Kevin McCarthy will not seek the gavel again after his colleague from Florida, Matt Gates, initiated the no-confidence vote. Charlie Hurt with the Washington Times says the optics of this don't look good for Republicans. Honestly, when you look at what happened, nobody knows what this is about. I think that a lot of the underlying issues are important, and I agree with Matt Gates about it. But you can't beat something with nothing. And right now, Matt Gates has nothing. Seven Republicans joined Gates and the Democrats in giving McCarthy the old heave ho. New York Republican Mike Lawler criticized Democrats for voting in step with the far right of the GOP. Democrats can talk all day about the need to protect democracy, but here they just upended it with eight Republicans, including Matt Gates, who they've spent years deriding, uh, but teamed up with to create a constitutional crisis. North Carolina Republican Patrick McHenry will serve as acting speaker until the GOP settles on a new leader. That vote expected one week from today. The largest health care strike in U.S. history is underway in about a half dozen states. 75,000 Kaiser Permanente workers walked off the job this morning. Kaiser employees have been complaining of being overworked, understaffed, and underpaid. Meanwhile, Kaiser says it leads total compensation in every market and is offering guaranteed across-the-board wage increases along with a $23 minimum wage in California. Julie Watts reporting all five people shot last night at Morgan State University in Baltimore will survive. Mayor Brandon Scott. For those who decide to come on this jewel of a campus and inflict this pain and trauma on their community, we're going to find you. We won't stop. Turn yourself in because we are not going to tolerate that happening here or anywhere else. Four of the five shooting victims are 
students at the school. The Pope convening a big meeting at the Vatican today, which could lead to historic reforms within the Catholic Church, among them more women assuming leadership roles. Historian Chris Bolito says it's a, a remarkable global conversation that probably has never taken place before in history on this scale. Conservatives warn the proposed changes could split the church. Your cell phone will ping this afternoon as part of a new nationwide test of the emergency alert system. Look for that or listen for that at 2.20 today. FEMA's Wayne Whitmore explains why cell phones are being included in the test. While people may be tuned in to radio and television in the evening, they weren't necessarily tuned in throughout the daytime to be able to receive a warning. As for what you'll see on your cell phone today, there's tones at the beginning of that alert that is followed by an audio message. Whitmore says the test will last for about a minute and you cannot opt out of it. New York City Mayor Eric Adams is on a four-day trip south of the border. He's trying to discourage migrants from coming into this country. Reporter Scott Pringle. The first stop for the mayor, Mexico City. Then later in the week, he'll be in Colombia and Ecuador. Mayor Adams says he wants to fight what he calls misinformation on social media that's painting an unrealistic picture for asylum seekers. Coming to New York doesn't mean you're going to stay in a five-star hotel. It doesn't mean that the mere fact you come here, you automatically are going to be allowed to work. Adam says he'll appear on numerous media outlets to talk about the overcrowded shelters and federal labor laws to discourage more migrants from coming. Scott Pringle, New York. Next at noon, we're taking a deep dive into sketchy theology. It is permeating much of the Christian culture today, sadly. Family Life's Martha Manikas Foster is talking about it with a biblical scholar. Next on Inside Out, our guest dispels some popular misconceptions about who God is and who he is not. Take a listen. Believing in Jesus, who he is, what he's done, what he's doing, is core to following God. But what if what we understand about God isn't actually consistent with Scripture? What if what we've based our belief on is really a little sketchy? We're going to talk about that today on Family Life's Inside Out, where we look at how God transforms his people from the inside out. I'm Martha Manikas Foster, and my guest today is Dr. Daniel DeWitt, Senior Fellow at Missouri Southwest Baptist University. His newest book is titled Sketchy View. So Daniel, you spend a lot of time with college students, often ones who believe in Jesus. What would you say are the strongest influences right now that work to pull them away from Jesus? The scripture teaches us that the world, the flesh, and the devil are all, all going to be agents of temptation for us. But I think that often Christian young people will make their experience in the world the chief authority by which they think about God. Uh-huh. And I'm reminded of a line from a Christian rap artist who said, God made you in his image, and he didn't ask you to return the favor. You point out that all of us have to work to see God objectively, because we, we all do have a perspective. So in your experience, what lenses do some Christians see God through? How can our choices on this decision contribute to sketchy views? You know, I think that when we have views of God that are really unexamined, that that can lead to sketchy views, even if they're good views. Because if we don't think critically about why we believe them, we won't develop the proper tools to explore other areas of beliefs. I also think that unfounded beliefs can be sketchy as well. And what I mean by that is there are certain biblical positions that Christians can debate over that aren't entirely clear in Scripture. Mm -hmm. And that's what I mean by unfounded. But when we become dogmatic about things Scripture isn't clear about, that becomes sketchy as well. I think also another category would be uncharitable. 
these beliefs that we hold that are true, but it's not truth in love. And then finally, I would say views that just contradict the Bible are the easiest ones to spot. Views that are against the clear teachings of Scripture. I have a friend who was also an author who, who would say to respect the silences of Scripture. Those things that Scripture speaks on only briefly are not ones that we should be pinning our theology on. I love that. Yeah, I think it was John Stott who said something like, we should say what Scripture says, not more, not less, and for the same reasons that Scripture says it. You're listening to Inside Out on Family Life. I'm talking today with Dr. Daniel DeWitt, whose newest book is titled Sketchy Views. Daniel, about young adults who begin to doubt the truth of their faith, or, or anyone any age who is doubting Jesus, who once believed, is it possible that over time, can we sometimes replace the foundation, maybe depending now more on what they think makes sense that God is like? A young person who's deeply doubting, time will tell, and our prayers need to be aimed at if they're deconstructing something that's unfounded, an unfounded faith, or an unbiblical faith, that deconstruction can be helpful to the degree that the goal is in the end to construct something new and more reliable. In the same way that you might do a, a renovation project in your home, you may need to tear some things apart to begin rebuilding. And so my prayer would be for young people that they're working through these issues because we're willing, this is God's way of refining what they truly do believe. And if on the back end, there's no belief at all, may the gospel be demonstrated as the power of God to save them. So, Daniel, if we want to ground our faith in what's really true, if we want to properly understand God, you and I agree that we need to look to Scripture. But what do we do with the passages that trouble us or seem to conflict with what we know of God's mercy and patience and grace, His invitation for all of us to come as we are? I think it was Rob Plummer who years ago, a, a seminary professor, gave a list of things to do with a difficult passage. And one of them is to get help from others to, to work through these things. And another thing would be, you know, to sometimes it's okay to set something aside for a season if it's really troubling you. And then also I would say, trust what you do know about God that you're certain of. So work from the simple things and the certain things and work from there. Mm. I, I would say that there are some teachers, however, who are encouraging some interpretations that are not directly linked to Scripture. What you're getting at is absolutely right. We need to test everything with Scripture, and that means even the teachings of people we might really appreciate or enjoy. We always want to come back to Scripture as our ultimate authority. And the wonderful thing is there's a 2,000-year track record of faithful orthodoxy. If somebody comes up with something new in terms of Christian doctrine, they're probably developing a sketchy view because the chief things we believe have been known and professed and passed down throughout the ages. That is Dr. Daniel DeWitt at Southwest Baptist University in Missouri speaking to our own Martha Manikis Foster on this week's Inside Out. His new book, by the way, worth checking out. It's called Sketchy Views, A Beginner's Guide to Making Sense of God. You're listening to The Noon Report on Family Life. Good afternoon. Here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. While we continue to bathe in a late summer-like weather pattern, changes are coming. A cold front in the Midwest will cross the area at the end of the week, bringing showers and rumbles. And a significant surge of moisture and a decent dose of rain will result into Saturday. And behind the front, the air will be turning much, much chillier. But in the meantime, for this afternoon, golden sunshine and warm. Upper 70s to mid-80s. Record highs for some. 
Mainly clear and mild tonight, low temps mid 50s to mid 60s. Partly sunny, continued warm tomorrow, highs in the mid 70s to mid 80s. Clouding up Friday with showers arriving later in the day with rumbles of thunder. Highs in the mid 60s to mid 70s and chillier, much chillier with rain. Friday night and Saturday. All right, Kevin, thank you. Finally at noon, if you like tacos, you'll love this. Family Life's Brian Query. Normally we use the phrase Taco Tuesday. Well, Taco Wednesday just got a big upgrade because today, October 4th, is National Taco Day. Though the roots of this popular dish stretch back to long before the Spanish arrived in Mexico, the modern taco emerged in the 18th century. Last year, Americans ate over 4.5 billion tacos. That's 490,000 miles of tacos, which could take you to the moon and back. In case so you hadn't heard, nationwide chains and local eateries will be offering free tacos, discounts, and other deals today to celebrate, including a 30-day taco pass at Taco Bell. So don't just talk about it. Enjoy some delicious tacos as you celebrate today. Brian Query, Family Life News. It's never really a bad time for tacos when it comes right down to it. Thank you, Brian. That's the world we live in Wednesday, hump day, the 4th of October. I'm Bob Price. Family Life News. You've been listening to the Noon Report. Heard weekdays on Family Life. Thank you for listening.